Welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. How's everybody doing today? Hope you're doing well and uh, all your plans. Uh, getting ready for the Easter holiday here. Um, in case you're joining us for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I am a sixth degree black belt in the universal martial art and a fifth degree black belt master in the Choikwondo martial art. And we're here today to discuss the trainings and teachings inside the Karate Kid universe, including the Cobra Kai Netflix series. Now today's example is brought to you by the Karate Kid Part 3 and the Cobra Kai Season 1. Um, in, these, in both of these shows, the Cobra Kais are big on breaking boards to build confidence and to show off their power, okay? In Karate Kid Part 3, Terry Silver used it as a way to not teach Daniel the proper form or practice. Um, so instead of you know teaching it to him in the air or having him hit a heavy bag or focus mitt, um, he just had him uh, basically whack on the boards over and over again to cause pain and bruises on his body. Okay, so instead of teaching him how to do things right, um, he just had him uh, try to break boards immediately instead of, um, instead of uh, practicing on some softer material first to build up to it. Um, it was also his way of, being, uh, of teaching um, to be overly aggressive and to also have Daniel build false confidence because he did not teach him how to do anything and then instead just had him hit on boards all day. Um, it gave him a sense of false confidence, okay, which is one of the things we're going to be talking about today in, the, um, in our topic. Um, also, too, in the Cobra Kai uh, Season 1, um, Johnny Lawrence uses the same... Um, the same uh, board holder it looks like a like a person it's made out of pipes the same board holder to teach Miguel uh, how to break the boards as well okay um, the one difference is is that um, Johnny Lawrence did teach him proper form first uh, which um, we'll talk about so um, the topic today is called break the board break the board okay so a little bit of personal history on this uh, about breaking boards is that we used to do it all the time in my early years of martial arts, um, in both in Taekwondo and my early years in Choikwondo. Um, we sometimes did it as competition to see how many boards we can do, um, to see how strong we were. And I gotta be honest with you, I think a little bit was a little bit of the male macho um, thing going on. We were trying to see, like, we had this club, like, who could break four boards with a palm strike um, and uh, four boards with a spin side kick. So, um, you know, it was, it was a bunch of guys, uh, camaraderie together doing that. So, um, but at belt exams, like, like, for example, your black belt test, um, we would have um, forms and speed drills and basic fundamentals and, and fighting drills. Um, and then um, we'd have, at the end of the exam, we'd have an array of boards to break. So we'd have these big stacks of boards, and then uh, you were asked to break with different kicks and different hand techniques, okay? 
sometimes in multiple directions, okay? And here's the deal with that, okay? Um, if you did not break your board at the end of the exam, you seem like you failed, okay? Now, I've seen this in countless uh, movies um, where they show traditional martial arts. Um, I've seen this firsthand as well, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but it always seemed like you failed if you didn't break your board. You could have had the best test ever. You could have had perfect form in your, um, in your um, patterns, basics, drills, all the different drills that we do. And um, you have good fighting ability. You have a way to move and how to get in, get in on someone. But if you did not break your board at the end, then you, act, you felt like you were a complete failure. Okay, and that's the only thing people focused on was the board breaking part. Okay, and I don't know why. I don't know why that's like that for, but um, it's not a very positive thing. Uh, for example, uh, uh, especially kids, I've seen this used and abused over the years in martial arts. Uh, like, for example, once a kid has hurt their hand or foot, they usually do not break the board, even though traditional instructor will continue to have them pound on it over and over again. So <clears throat> I have one little story about this. Um, my niece, um, she does um, like Taekwondo up in, um, in about a couple hours away from us. And um, I went to her black belt test. Okay. Um, and I saw, and I completely forgot that instructors do this because we don't do it. Um, but they had all these boards for the kids to break, okay? Now, first of all, not to be too critical, but the palm strike they gave them was straight up in the air. I'm not sure why. It almost looked like they were breaking with their wrist as opposed to their heel of their palm, which is just bizarre. But besides that, I'm just being overly critical. But anyways, it doesn't matter. They, the kid hurt his hand. I think it was a her, I can't remember if it was a boy or girl. They hurt their hand on the palm strike, and they would never, never hit it hard again, okay? And the same thing with the spinning, they call it a spinning hook kick, we call it a spinning reverse swing kick. Um, you're supposed to hit with the back of your heel, um, and, and there's not very much, there's nothing back there except for bone and like some tough skin. Um, there's nothing else, so it kind of hurts a little bit when you do it. It's, you have to, in my opinion, you have to break it the first try. If you don't break it the first try, it hurts, and then you don't want to hit it again. But anyways, those two techniques, they had the, the kids that did not break them, they had them hit it over and over and over again. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking half an hour, 45 minutes on the same board because they wanted them to have Pilsung Spirit. And I fully like Pilsung Spirit, but not in this regard. So anyways... We're sitting there, we're sitting there watching them do it over and over and over and over again. And um, uh, my uh, sister-in-law was sitting next to me, and she's like, she's a teacher, and she's like, this is so morally degrading to the to the kid. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. It is. It's very morally degrading to the kid. Kid doesn't break his board in the first try because he's kind of apprehensive, hurts his hand or foot doesn't want to do it again and the instructor like I, I've, I've done this before I mean I mean in the traditional days we did this and um, I brought them right down to the smallest board possible and I arced that board like crazy like they had like a 
like a like an arc to it that all they had to do was just touch it and it would break. Uh, because I wanted them to have a positive experience. They they weren't going to hit it hard again. And I'm not saying I was perfect at this. This is this is a traditional martial art mentality, and I participated in some of this back in the day. But I'm telling you now that you have to be very careful when you use boards in a martial arts setting. And um, I'm going to explain during the um, martial art practice today about how to how to break boards in a positive experience. Okay. So first of all, let's move on to the work task. Okay, so this particular episode, the work task is making anything out of wood. Okay, so it doesn't matter what you make out of wood, uh, making something out of wood. And of course, if you heard my earlier podcast, I'm some sort of a amateur uh, carpenter. I really love making things out of wood. I don't know why. Like if my, my preferred medium is always make something out of wood. Okay. Um, now, in using this work task today, we focus on the, the boards that we use in class. So occasionally in my studio, they will break a, wooden, a, a real wooden board. Now the hard part is, is that when you go to Home Depot, just like when you're making anything out of wood, you have to pick the right wood. Now if I'm building something nice out of wood, like a shelf or something, I'm looking for a wood that's kind of strong, maybe has some nice grain to it, maybe some bigger grain to it, and also maybe has some cool looking knots to make it look kind of neat. But when you're buying wood to break for a martial art practice, you want the lightest, driest, finest uh, grain wood with the least amount of knots that you can find, okay? And in fact, I take my hands, I try and bend it when I'm at, the, at Home Depot, and it takes me a long time to find wood, sometimes like even 30 minutes to find the right wood to break. So a little different uh, concern when you're building something compared to when you're trying to break it. So then I, um, on a miter saw, I cut the boards. I cut them in different sizes. Um, usually a good, a good rule of thumb is um, like a, a two, four, six, eight kind of thing. Um, I usually don't make two inch boards. I usually make three because sometimes the two inch ones are really hard to hit the target for little kids. So usually I do three inch boards and I do four and then I go even from there, I go six inch, eight inch, um, 10 inch or 12 inch uh, boards, okay? The 12 inch boards, is, I usually say the 10 or 12 inch boards are usually like, and even in my studio, sometimes I'll use eight just because I hold it by myself. I don't have two people hold it. So sometimes the eight inch boards are also the adult boards as well. So eight, 10 or 12 works, they all have the full full size and they're, they're a little harder to break sometimes. Um, and then the little boards like the three, four, six inch boards are for the kids. So um, we, um, I get all the boards cut in different sizes and when you cut them, you have to cut them, just for people that never done this before, you have to cut them um, against the grain. Okay, so um, when you look at the board after it's cut, you'll see uh, the grain going all the way down, you know, from the top to the bottom of the board's grain. You don't cut it lengthwise, okay? That when I see movies where people break two by fours, I'm like, yeah, right. You know, that's, <laughs> that doesn't happen, it's a, that's fake. Um, because it's really hard to break a two by four, so. Um, sometimes I sand them, just because sometimes they splinter up when I cut them. Um, so I, um, I sand them a little bit just to make sure there's no splinters for the kids. 
Um, I'm usually pretty economical with the boards. Um, I don't know how my instructors did it back in the day. They must have had a huge board uh, budget. In fact, I remember paying for the board budget um, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 30 to $40 for the boards. And that was, there was a lot of schools that, that, that contributed. So sometimes that, it's a lot of that's a lot of money for boards. Sometimes um, in the board breaking classes that I hold, I usually I sometimes spend about one hundred and forty dollars just on boards, and that usually gets everybody a chance to break about uh, five or six boards. So it could be rather pricey. Now I think back in the day, I think that we had access to some lumber yards that gave us deals on that older that old wood that people didn't really want, and that's how they got so much for such a cheaper price. But buying it at full price at Home Depot is kind of pricey. So, but anyways, um, that's uh, pretty much it for the work task. Just learning how to cut um, wood in general is important. Um, drawing a pencil line with a ruler, uh, following it with a miter saw, making sure that you um, uh, mindful of the uh, width of the blade. You know, when you're cutting stuff, you got to be careful that, you know, if you're cutting something from one direction, you have to put the blade on the other side. If you're cutting it from the, the opposite direction, you have to put the blade on the other side so that you cut right at the line, okay? Sometimes I've cut right on the line if I knew that the measurement that I had was a little bit uh, um, big, that, it, that maybe I could shave a little bit off by cutting it around the line. So you have to use your judgment on that. And learning how to use a saw properly is very important. You know, um, I was when I was a kid, my dad did all the cutting, so um, I didn't cut as much. So when I first started cutting, um, I was a little apprehensive about cutting because I'm always afraid I was going to screw something up. Now, kind of like a pro when it comes to cutting stuff. Every time I cut it, I like I can cut like uh, five, ten pieces, and they're all exactly the same size, flush. Like you put them against each other uh, on the driveway, and they're all flush together, uh, perfect. So. You get some practice over the years cutting, and it's not such a big deal. You just have to, you just have to practice doing it. Uh, speaking of practice, um, let's talk about our martial art practice. Okay, so the martial art practice today is all about breaking boards. Okay, as we stated before, board breaking can be done and can be used for positive if done right. Okay, for example, um, just to be economical, we use rebreakable boards in our studio. And the rebreakable boards I do at the end of an exam and I hold it for every student so that I can help them to achieve their goal, okay? Um, I do hold boards fairly well. Um, when you, I notice that some of my instructors and people that I've worked with in the past, they have like, they don't lock their arms. You have to lock your arms really good um, on a board um, so that you can make sure that they can be successful, that you have a really firm uh, hold on it, okay? Some people didn't, you know, even in the olden days, didn't know how to hold boards, and um, then the student wouldn't be as successful. You also have to make sure that you hold it um, in the right area for the student. Like, for example, I've had students before uh, on a board, they, they did it the first time, I, I put it at their belt level, they kicked a little higher than their belt level, so I raised it a couple inches, and they were able to hit the middle of the, bo of the board, and they broke the second time with no, no um, complications. So it all comes from experience in, uh, in holding. Um, but the rebreakable boards, I, I hold them for all the students, and I have them break uh, a certain one, okay? 
And most of the time, people are pretty successful. I would say probably 90% of the time, they're successful at it, okay? Some people may hit, not hit off center and not hit the center of the board, and that would cause them not to break, or they don't pull back their leg enough to give the, a more range of motion on the kick. But the, the boards is, is important because it helps to really um, um, to build confidence. You know, one of the things that's, uh, that's hard to teach is that um, on the shields and the air shields and the, the, the heavy bags and the focus mitts, some kids get away with just touching the surface of the bag, okay? With a board, you cannot just hit the surface. You have to drive all the way through. You have to commit to following all the way through, okay? And in fact, there are tricks to breaking boards. That's one reason why we don't always do it in class. You can have a really crappy form, but as long as you move your hand from point A to point B, straighten the target and commit to it, and go as fast as you can, you will break it with the, even with a bad form, a bad weapon, okay? Um, that's why it's not the, the tell-all about how good your technique is. Um, but it does show that you have commitment and you're committed to following through your target, okay? Also, too, boards uh, build confidence. When someone breaks a board, you know, one of the things that, that one of my instructors used to say back in the day is that when someone broke a board, they would tell the audience in a, dem in a demonstration that this is equivalent to uh, several ribs in someone's body. And people were like, ooh, wow, you know, like he could break the board, he could break someone's ribs, he's dangerous. You know, and that, that was um, always, you know, a way to wow the audience in breaking of a board. Um, we also, too, the board teaches, as we said before, kind of, it teaches accuracy. You have to, like, the more boards you stack up, like, for example, um, let's say that you have um, four boards. Uh, if you have one board, you can hit off-center a little bit and still break it. You get to two, you can hit a little bit off-center and break it. When you get to three or more, you have to hit right dead in the center of the center of the center of the board or you don't break it. Okay, so um, accuracy is very important and does teach that with the bags and the heavy bags and the air shields that we have in class. A lot of times kids can hit the broad side of a barn with them, um, but the focus mitts and the boards teach you they have to hit a little bit uh, closer to the mark. Um, one of the things that we do when we have a board breaking class or we break real wood in class is that I have, um, we personalize the boards when we're done as a special gift to the student. Um, I have stamps that I use. I uh, have an oriental dragon and a yin-yang symbol. And I, I probably need to pick up a couple more of these because these are a lot of fun with the kids. They like to tell me what they want stamped on their board. And then sometimes they take a Sharpie and they write down the date and which class they broke the board in, what they broke it with. Uh, for example, the last class we just did called Eagle Fang, um, a derivative of the Johnny Lawrence School inside the season three of Cobra Kai. We um, did a, um, everybody had to do a jump kick with the board. So they can write down that I did a jump front kick or jump side kick on this board um, at, the, at this date. So it's pretty fun. So the martial art practice for this is to try every hand technique and every kick with the board. So if your parents can um, have the, uh, go to the store and get some boards for you, you could uh, try this out at home for fun, okay? Uh, sometimes we encourage the kids to 
wear a glove or foot pad when they break. It's not always necessary, uh, but for some kids it helps them to have no fear of the board. They can just go right through and they have no chance of hurting themselves when they do it. Um, and then one of the fun things you can do afterwards that we used to do back in the day, and I thought I'd throw this on there, is that um, after all that wood's broken, you usually have quite a bit of, of, of wood left, uh, I say have a bonfire. Okay, so we used to always have bonfires and use all that uh, wood that we broke in martial arts, and that was always a fun time, you know, um, having a bonfire with friends, um, barbecuing and uh, marshmallows and all that, and then burning the wood that you guys um, broke that day. So that was always fun. So anyways, um, <clears throat> remember that um, we're here every week uh, because in order to fully learn karate or any martial art, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. Okay? So sometimes you can train like we're doing with this, uh, with this uh, topic. You can train at home and you can have fun doing work and you can break boards at the end of the day and have a bonfire and not even know that you're training in martial arts because you're having so much fun. And that's one of the things that we try and teach here at uh, Greco Martial Art Academy is to have fun in your training of martial arts. Um, the secret word or phrase for today. We always have a secret word or phrase. If you let us know what this is, you can get discounts on um, Karate Kid Master Dojo merchandise. Okay, um, And I'll even today give you discounts on the new stickers we have coming out. Okay, So we have some um, stickers coming out. They're not the Karate Kid Master Dojo ones yet. Um, I opted to get the Universal Martial Art stickers first because we can, we can um, um, sell more of those first because everybody in the class uh, uses them. So I'll give you a discount on the Universal Martial Art pad, uh, stickers coming out. They'll come out this Thursday. Um, you can use them for your safety gear. You can use them for your sport bags, uh, notepads, um, anything. Uh, focus mitts, you can put on your focus mitt. Um, but um, I'll give you a discount on that if you know the secret word or phrase for today. The secret word or phrase is brought to you by the movie Bloodsport, okay, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And in that movie, um, actually, that's not the right movie. That was a they used a, a version of that called, but that wasn't the right. It was actually Enter the Dragon, where he said it first, Bruce Lee. Um, Bob Wall, that's the actor's name. I can't remember the, the character, character he played in Enter the Dragon. But um, um, O'Hara, that's it, O'Hara. O'Hara takes a board at the beginning of his fight with Bruce Lee and throws it in the air and breaks it with his fist. And then Bruce Lee looks at him and says, board, not hit back. So that is our secret word of the day, our phrase. Board, not hit back. Okay? Um, so remember, we are here learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around us, increased productivity, and a better world. So enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy the rest of your week, and this is Karate Kid Master Dojo, this is Master Craig. Take care everybody, have a great day, bye-bye. <laughs>